It's time for your local weekly analysis, Slow County Public Policy and the Law, with your host, Stu Jenkins. The Union Forever, boys down with the traitor, up with the star, while we rally around the flag, boys, rally once again, shouting the battle cry of Welcome to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only on KNews FM 98.5. This is Stu Jenkins. As a lawyer, I help folks protect their families and real estate in their estate plans. Since 1978, I have tried several thousand Slow County court cases. It has been my privilege to strike down unconstitutional city ordinances and to represent both Republican candidates and the Democratic Party. I also represent farming, industrial, and commercial landowners, and I have served the Superior Court repeatedly as special master. On Slow County Public Policy and the Law, office holders, candidates, lawyers, journalists, and activists inform you about policies shaping your lives. That focus brings folks with differing viewpoints without being attacked to tell you about how they think their community can be improved even if I or station management disagree with a guest's ideas. Last week, I was out ill with COVID-19, folks, so you got a show with some of the best interviews from 2023. If you missed any of that, you can log on to knews985.com for the podcasts. And if you don't see the program you want, there is a link down the page to all the Slow County Public Policy and the Law interviews from the beginning of the show. But I just want to pause to say thank you to my physician team over at Dignity Health who got me a prescription for Paxlovid within an hour of my phoning with a positive home test. The slogan, if it's COVID, Paxlovid, really rings true at the Jenkins household. Paxlovid knocked the bug out within five days. So... Don't wait after you test positive to call your doctor for a prescription if you feel COVID symptoms. And if you haven't gotten your COVID vaccine and boosters, by golly, go get them today. Now, in our first hour, you get to hear Cindy Muir and Darsha Stebbins about the campaign to recall 2nd District Supervisor Bruce Gibson. In our second hour, you get a twofer. First, your congressman, Salude Carbajal, talks about his efforts to get a Senate bipartisan immigration reform bill adopted in the House of Representatives so that President Biden can close the border and add 1,300 Border Patrol officers and 375 immigration judges to stem the tide. He's going to tell us about more bipartisan bills he has pushed through so that Central Coast businesses and families can take advantage of them starting this month. And you will hear from Kathy Walker, a member of Slowtown's Residents for Quality Neighborhoods, and she's here to talk about the city's lack of action that has resulted in perpetual riotous frat parties destroying neighborhoods in the town Oprah once called the happiest place in America. But fresh off a court victory against Slow County's clerk recorder, we have in studio Darsha Stebbins from San Miguel and Cindy Muir. 
I'm not sure where you're from, Cindy. Morro Bay. Morro Bay. There we go. To tell you why they are working hard to recall Supervisor Bruce Gibson. Welcome to the show, Darsha, Cindy. Thank Thank you. you. Mm -hmm. It's it's great to have the two of you on here. And I brought the ballot, 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 Wikipedia. <laughs> Ballotopedia. Yeah, <laughs> like the Wikipedia of, of uh, election campaigns. And uh, you are the proponents of this uh, recall action, aren't you? Yes, I'm on the committee to uh, support the recall of Supervisor Bruce Gibson. Cindy is also part of the, uh, I'm part of the organizing committee, and com- and then Cindy is part of the committee. So she's been excellent. She's worked on the District 2 campaign with uh, Dr. Bruce Jones. So she's very familiar with the, the district, the people in the district, and the issues at hand. Well, and uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to read for our listeners what the uh, reasons for the recall are. Uh, was and for our listeners when you when you institute a recall you actually have to put in a written reason why you're going to be pushing a recall position petition for folks um, so this says that the grounds for the recall are as follows one Bruce Gibson has abused his authority as supervisor by a getting rid of effective county administrative officer Wade Horton and replacing him with a crony and political contributor who subsequently left office amid allegations of improper conduct toward women. And then B, turned his back on the District 2 voters by spearheading repeal of the 2021 redistricting map to return to 2011 boundaries that do not comply with the 2019 Fair Maps Act, but ensure his safe re-election. And that would be in 2026 for a sixth term, wouldn't it be? Yes. Yes, I got a yes. Amen. (laughs) Then, two, the second reason is Gibson has, A, exhibited contempt for property owners who live on fixed incomes and rely on the protection of Proposition 13, and B, favored the interests of Sacramento over San Luis Obispo County voters. Three, the third reason is Gibson has violated the Ralph M. Brown Act on multiple occasions, obfuscating transparency and suppressing public comment. The fourth reason given by the proponents is Gibson has, excuse me, Gibson was silent about A, the bribery, extortion, and corruption of deceased supervisor and political ally Adam Hill, as well as B, the county's mushrooming county employees' pension debt, totaling nearly $1 billion. Five, Gibson was, excuse me, Gibson has worked to hand special interest control over water rights harming the county's small farmers. Is that about sum up your reasons? Oh, there's more. But those were the most specific ones that we wanted to address. Okay. They they only give you 200 words, and we could have done, like, pages, pages. <laughs> well, you know, they're, they're, you have to print these words on a petition. That's correct. So you're, you're limited. And so they worked on getting the most 
easily understood so you don't have to go into any background about any kind of things that might look corrupt or anything like that but you know that there are there is a lot of written material about the history of things Bruce Gibson has done as supervisor and I, well, I if if you had listeners who wanted to find out about that where would they look well we do have the recall Bruce Gibson Dot com page, but Calcoast News has story after story, and I love the way their format is. At the very bottom, you can look up other articles on that subject, and if you keep following that, you will find a hundred articles. <laughs> well, it's, it's true. Calcoast News is one of the premier investigative uh, uh, newspapers, even though they've never printed a paper. Uh, on the Central Coast. Um, the the uh, What was the website for the recall effort again? RecallBruceGibson.com That's a lot of typing. Are, there, are there any dots in between the words, or is it no. just all one word? RecallBruceGibson.com That's your only dot. And right on the front, when you first open up the page, you will see the video. It's a short video clip of Bruce Gibson up in Sacramento because now he's the president of CSAC. And for he, our listeners, what the heck is CSAC? And CSAC is the California State Association of Counties. There. So there's a supervisor from each county that is represented by CSAC. So okay. now Bruce Gibson, as he was vice chair at the time when he went to the Capitol steps and spoke uh, in favor of ACA 1, which is a constitutional amendment that addresses and attacks the, the uh, thresholds for the voting thresholds to be able to increase taxes. And that's the ACA 1 is going to be on the November 5th ballot, is that right? Yes, correct. Yeah, and how does it change the uh, threshold for uh, taxation on real property? Well, it goes back to the 1978 uh, citizen-led Howard Tax, uh, Jarvis Taxpayers Association, where they went throughout the entire state and were able to gather th- hundreds of thousands of signatures so that they could uh, have the protection of Proposition 13. And the protections specifically were that the property taxes on your home could not increase more than 2% per year and that you would have a voting threshold uh, to revoke it. It had to be at least 66 and two-thirds percent voters that would would say, we want to increase our taxes. So they made it high enough that it was it was where people would know that their taxes were going to be increased and know what the result might be. So that Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, there's a website you can go to. You could see what your prop what your property taxes would be. There's a calculator right there, hdta.com. And uh, you could see what your pro- property taxes would be without those protections. So it was significant. And mm-hmm. it's, it's kept Proposition in th- 13 in place for all this time and able to keep people in their homes because of that. Now, um, whenever somebody is being recalled or a petition is being passed to recall an elected official, that official gets the right to provide a response to what the proponents say. As, uh, and I, I see a response here in 
Bellatopedia. <laughs> I can't pronounce it. Uh, and, and the very first thing he's, well, let me ask you a question. Did Mr. Gibson, in his response, respond to anything the proponent said? Absolutely not. Not a single thing. He didn't say anything that you said was false? No. In fact, he just attacked the people that were coming forward. And this is really a citizen-led group saying, we we want people to know what's happening here. We want to raise awareness and be transparent about what government is doing in your county, specifically in this district. It's scary when you realize how many people don't know what the supervisors do for you or how they can harm you. And unfortunately, uh, a lot of people get the Telegram Tribune or I... Well, it's not, it's not the telegram anymore. That tells my age. Okay, it's the Tribune, or they listen to KSBY, or read the New Times. And unfortunately, they're very biased. And I think a lot of people don't realize what is going on. And well, the I, fact I, I, that... I think, I think the New Times is biased against everybody equally, but... Um with that said, but, uh, but I had an Gibbs, article this morning that you I, got one in. Okay, but Bruce, but Bruce is supposed to represent our county when he goes to Sacramento at, at CSAC, and he says one thing there and says another thing here. It's it's wonderful that we have uh, video recordings of politicians now. Um, I was actually able to get that mm -hmm. on one of the Board of Supervisors meetings mm -hmm. where he was speaking there. So it is on public record. You can go back mm -hmm. to that supervisors meeting and see Bruce Gibson in his own words. Well, what Bellatopia says mm -hmm. he responded with yes, let's. is, uh, number one, he says, they gerrymandered the district and lost anyway. Well, I don't think the uh, map was perfect, uh, the patent map did not totally comply with the Fair Maps Act. It was more compliant than the gerrymandering that had been done for decades by various uh, members of the board. Uh, and But that's his response. Then he responds, they demanded a recount when I won, then refused to pay our election officer what they owed. But I, I know... Uh, Darsha, you just got out of court, and the judge ruled that, in fact, and I, I have the uh, I have the ruling here that, in fact, the uh, county clerk recorder Elena Cano basically overcharged you, and in fact, um, then sent you a bill, and and in fact, overcharged you more than she was asking for you to pay. So she had originally provided estimates each day of the recount, and I, I can go into lots of detail on that. But well, we're going to do that towards the end of the show. The, the whole point was that this a recount is right there in the elections code. It's called for. This is, can be any citizen can, can ask, can call for a recount. And when, so. the, when the election is only 13 votes apart... That actually makes a certain amount of sense, doesn't it? Correct. But you would think Especially that the government would want to do it anyway if it's less than 1% difference. Well, you would think do. that. Some states do that. Uh, I think a county clerk recorder has the authority and discretion to do that to make sure that they have an accurate count so that everybody has confidence in it. You saw that in Georgia. 
where uh, Mr. Rassenberger recounted the ballots three times and got not only the same results, actually ended up with more votes uh, after the recount for uh, Joe Biden than in the first count. So there have been recent developments on that case, and well, you'll you'll want to follow that carefully. We shall see. We shall see. Um, then he says they continue to peddle election fraud conspiracy theories, which is not really responsive to what your statement said about why you were bringing the recall. Um, and that's about it that I see. Anything else that uh, Mr. Gibson has responded with? Um, usually he's referring to, and, and a lot of this, I, I think, was directed more toward me to either intimidate or, you know, call into question my credibility. And so I just look at it as, you know, I, I, I've seen what I've seen and I can't unsee what I've seen. Well, the, the Superior Court judge um, decided that uh, Ms. Cano claimed that there were expenses for her overtime, even though she's not paid overtime, and for overtime for two of her uh, chief salaried uh, assistants, even though they're not paid the overtime. Um, there are 6.35 full-time equivalency people in the elections department, so my main objection to this week prior to the recount was that I was being charged or the recount group was being charged for their time. They were actually at a conference the entire week or most of the week up in Sacramento, I believe. And so we were being charged for hours and hours and hours of time toward the recount. Now I realize that it takes time to to get everything logistically together, but we were being charged for that time. They were already being paid as full-time employees. employees. They don't get extra money. And we were being charged salary and benefits for any time that they thought was related to the recount. And that's not the regulation the way it's stated. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I clarified and stated again that the regulation was for all actual costs incurred that would not have been incurred but for the particular recount request. Which is what the election code says. Exactly. And so you'd been sent a bill for $4,448.21. And uh, the judge found that you were overcharged $5,088.27. I believe it was much more than that, but at, at issue was this small claims court case in fact, I was saying that it was more than $10,000, so well, to have it be in small claims okay. was, uh, how, how could I even so, do a cross-claim? It wasn't sufficient. So, so since you were overcharged, you actually did not refuse to pay for the recount. Correct. So I no longer have a judgment against my name is what I understand. Okay. But it did take an appeal. Now, what's and your, what's your background, Darsha? <laughs> Darsha Stebbins, what's your background? What, what's your I'm a CPA. I've been in public you know, accounting for 30 years. Um, I've been uh, a college professor teaching tax and intermediate accounting. Uh, my background has been I have had forensic training, um, went to 
numerous. I've, I've worked on petitioners, defense, and providing documentation to attorneys to present in court. Um, worked on some... Does that mean you're a forensic accountant? <laughs> yes, you can call that. I okay. mean, it started out where mostly I just, I want to get to the truth. Um, I enjoy the detective part of it. When I see something that's incorrect, I want to try to correct it. Okay. And we have a plethora of information here that indicates there are things that I would like to see corrected. Well, great. And how long... Darsha, have you lived in the county of San Luis Obispo? So, since about 2018, officially, 2017, 2018, mm-hmm. um, I was in Santa Barbara County prior to that for 25, 30 years, we'll, we'll say, since I was six. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long way. <laughs> she looks... No, I'm... You look much, much I'm younger I'm teasing. It was not since I was six. <laughs> but thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> now, um... um Cindy Muir, how long have you been in the county? Well, I moved here in 1972, July 28th. I don't know why I remember that I moved to Paso Robles. So I've lived in Paso Robles, I've lived in Atascadero, Morro Bay, and Los Osos. Well, almost all of those are North County in my book, but except for... Morro Bay? Morro Bay is not. It's pretty central coast. Pretty central coast. <laughs> but I love, I love the county. I, my grandmother lived in Pismo Beach, mm-hmm. and uh, she's been down there since the, they built a house there in 1951. So I've been coming here since, I mean, they've been here since before I was born. Okay. Well, we're, we're coming up on a hard break because the news is coming up, but we still have a minute or so. Um, what's the website for the recall effort if folks want to get in touch? It's www.recallbrucegibson.com. And is there a phone number to call? I think there's an email on there that's info at recallbrucegibson.com. Info, okay. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think that's how I got a hold of you. Yes. So. There's also a Facebook page, Recall Bruce Gibson. We're, we try to keep it simple. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about what you're doing in the campaign to gather petition signatures, and we're going to talk about the general lay of the land, and we'll be back right after this news. Be sure and stay tuned to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only on KNews FM 98.5. 